from the Mile High City of Denver. The band Manic comes to the antidote. Great to have Aaron Wagner, vocalist, here with us today. Thanks for having me. Something interesting about musicians is that they often build their sound based on music they grew up with. I need you to go way back in your memory for this. What band do you first remember listening to as a kid? Oh my goodness. Um, Man, there's this like cheesy Christian band I remember we loved called The Goads. The Goads. Holy cow. They were the the cheesiest, but I think that that was probably the first band I recollect listening to. I I would say it was probably The Goads. (laughs) And what style of music were they doing? It, it, it was like trying to make kids music cool and contemporary for the 90s. <laughs> so <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> uh, what a train wreck it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was it, man. So you don't have any of their songs on your iPhone? Oh, God, no. <laughs> but I, I think beyond that, it was just like my mom was super into, uh, I mean, it was the 90s, so... Uh, Darling Check from Hillsong was like my mother's everything. So we listened to a lot of like Hillsong praise and worship stuff. And I, uh, yeah, I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before this interview started, you had mentioned that your dad has a cover band. Yeah. Did that have any influence on you? Yes. So my dad is a brilliant musician. He plays everything. He plays drums, guitar, bass. Um, He only can play Lean on Me on the keys and... He will just sit there and play that for hours. And then he's a phenomenal singer. Singing is probably his main thing. So he's been in cover bands and just done a bunch of stuff like that and did praise and worship growing up. So I I don't know. We just kind of grew up around it in that sense. But yeah, he's a brilliant musician. So effectively, it is a musical family. Um, More or less. My dad, of course, is a musician and grew up touring and being in bands. And then, um, like I said before this interview, there's seven kids in my family. And so out of the seven, only two of us really took it seriously. And we're the ones in medic, of course, my brother and I. Um, And every kid does something, sings or plays an instrument, but none of them really ran with it. And then my mom will tell you that she doesn't know how to play anything, but she actually can play classical piano and kind of grew up doing that when she was younger. So musical family, but not, not a lot of like serious musicians in the family. Well, all of those styles, none of them relate at all to medic's music. Because, I mean, you guys have been compared to Mute Math. I hear Civil Twilight and maybe the Christian band down here coming through. Totally. But you guys must feel a real connection at Coldplay. I mean, your band recorded a cover of uh, Don't Panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Coldplay's been huge for us. Um, all the bands you kind of mentioned have been huge for us. I actually don't know if I've ever heard down here. Um, Civil Twilight, um, funny enough... We used to have a guitarist in the band that grew up with Civil Twilight. So he was very influenced by them. Um, and so we've, we've loved them and their music. So I think our, our main influences have been probably Coldplay, Mute Math. Um, there's a, a Christian band. They haven't been around for probably 10 years, maybe more, um, called Delirious. Oh, yes. Um, I remember being a kid, and they, that was like the first time I was just like, oh, like Christians can make cool stuff. They put out a record called Mesomorphous in the 90s that still to this day like is one of my favorite albums of all time. And how many Christian bands do you think are being innovative? Oh, man. Not a, not a ton in the CCM world. And 
I used to have a huge bitterness towards the CCM world because I didn't feel like they were innovating. And it's just kind of whatever, man. Like my my mother-in-law will pop on Caleb. Man, she loves it. So I'm not I'm not as big on like hating on it. It's just really not my thing. Um, it's a machine that's kind of moving and making money, and that's cool, man. Making money is whatever if that's what your deal is. But when it comes to the art, um, Christian bands that are innovating, uh, I think Mute Math kind of flies under the radar of being people of faith, and they're amazing. I think they put on the best show I've ever seen. It's incredible. Um, yeah, um, Switchfoot's always kind of been on the the. I wouldn't. I don't know if they're innovating or they're just making solid music, but I love Switchfoot. I think John's Foreman's songwriting is great. Um, Need to Breathe has been killing it. Um, Stephen Curtis Chapman's sons, holy cow! You need to check them out. Colony House are Stephen Curtis Chapman's boys, and they're they're amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yeah, those are those are some bands that I think have just jumped out at me recently that are doing really cool stuff. This is something that comes up with artists who are Christian. You know, they often want to straddle that line between the mainstream and being put into that Christian music box. What about Medic? Has that been an issue for you? It's so hard just because it it's mostly trying to figure out marketing perception, <laughs> I guess is mm-hmm. It's how, true. How people perceive this. And I think growing up in a Christian environment, man, they painted it like the world was, you know, there's this big dividing line between what was, you know, sacred and secular. And I don't I don't believe that at all. My brother and I have started band since we were 11 years old. I've been playing in bars since I was 11 years old. <laughs> um, and mom and dad were okay with that. Right. And they loved it. They loved it, encouraged it. Um, and what I found when being raised in church and then going out and playing bars is they don't care. As long as your music is rad, they really don't care. They want to have a good time. They want to listen to some good music, unwind from the day and not be preached at, but they're more than willing to talk, you know, off stage about whatever your song's about. And I don't know. It's hard just because we are people of faith, but I don't ever want to come across in a manner where I'm trying to trick people into converting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Oh, now that I have you in this bar, like, let's, you know, talk about this in a very impersonal pr- platform. Like, I just don't believe that Jesus was an impersonal guy. So if I want to talk to somebody about my faith, like, I'm going to do it off stage, not under the lights and in a microphone where there may be any sort of emotional pull or a pressure. Does that make sense? I hear you. So I think with us, man, like I want to share my story with anyone that'll listen. I'll, I'll play in a bar. I'll play in a high school. I'll play in a church. I'll play wherever right now. And, and you know, as the band gets bigger and, and gets more of a following, we may have to, for marketing purposes, make some dividing lines. But for us, it's just about sharing our story, man. Uh, and if that if that leads people to want to come to faith or to have questions towards us about faith. I'm totally down to talk about it. I'm not hiding anything. Well, it's funny earlier you'd mentioned about rad music. And, you know, usually when a band sends me an album, you know, the music is okay, but it's nothing to get too excited about. Sure. Then you guys sent me Olympia, and that's a whole different case. That's one of the most powerful albums I've heard in a really long time. Wow. Thank you. That means a lot. You know, and the funny part is, too, that I got to admit to you that I'm more of a metalhead than anything else. So when I played the music of Medic for my wife, she really couldn't believe that I was so taken by it. 
Wow. Do you find that you have other listeners that are coming from across genre finding your music appealing? Oh, totally. I think I think we as a band are very cross genre. Um, listening to our records, hearing us live, it's all a very different experience. And um, we we have tons of people that are into metal music that love our music, and I have no idea what it is about it. I mean, some of us listen to heavier music. Um, I mean, I'm I'm the guy that like I come from a place of melody and ambience a lot. Um, and you know, more often than not, you'll probably hear me listening to, you know instrumental music like Olafur Arnolds or Explosions in the Sky, something like that, or even like Seeger Roast from Iceland, if you've ever heard them before. I'm like, an obsessed fan. Oh, love them. Um, Dominic, the drummer, my brother, he is so weird. He's going to air on the side of like top 40 hip hop kind of stuff, but then he'll his favorite band of all time is Modest Mouse. Like, <laughs> He's going to listen to the most out there, weird indie music, and it just speaks to him. And then Drew, Drew's like, he loves like Jack White, loves Jack White, loves that really raw, nasty, recorded live to tape rock and roll stuff. But he also loves folk music and, and all that stuff. And then we all kind of meet in the middle on stuff like Coldplay. We all love Under Oath. We all love Norma Jean. We all love Mute Math. We all love Copeland. We all love... So I think all of that stuff kind of gets into the music over time. So I don't know. Something else that comes into your music is that I often find your songs are written on multiple levels. Definitely. I mean, one of those is If I Could Stay. The song video looks at it as human love, but lyrically it can be viewed from a faith perspective. Sure. Do you enjoy that kind of dual meanings? Yeah, I love that. Well, and that's, that's just the way life works, isn't it? Like... Everything is just all related, and I think for us, um, man, I'm a I'm a person of faith, and that that's just who I am. And I'm not going to try and intentionally take it out of my music, and I'm not going to try and take it into my music. You know what I mean? It's just overflow of who I am. So especially songs like "If I Could Stay," it it talks about things on a very dual level because that's what I was experiencing. You know, that song is about a time that my wife and I were going. Not not with each other, we were going through a hard time, but just kind of our surroundings and friends and changes in life and people moving away. We had a few friends actually die and man, it was just a hard season. And so, you know, I'm talking to both God and my wife in that chorus. If I could stay in your arms forever, would you tell me it's okay to not be strong but to keep on? You know, like and I needed that I needed that affirmation from the Lord in that circumstance where you know, I just needed to be Aaron. You know, I don't have the bandwidth to even think about, you know, quote unquote, changing the world. And to my wife, like I'm, I'm her provider. And, you know, I have to come home from work and come home from the studio and, and be a good husband. But some days, like, I just need to know that it's okay that I'm here. You know, I don't have a lot to give you, but I'm here. Um, so, yeah, very much written from a dual perspective. Now, I suppose I'm sort of an emotional guy, but it's pretty unusual to have a song that has me crying. Wow. That's what happens when I hear Rebuild from your Olympia release. Wow. I don't know, is that just me? Or have you heard that kind of reaction before? Man, that, song, that song's been getting that reaction a lot from people, and it's, it's an honor for sure. I mean, I didn't sit down and be like, hey, I'm going to write a song that's going to make people cry. Um, but yeah, we've gotten really great feedback off of that one. And talk a little bit more about that song, Rebuild. What brought that about? Man, um, 
I think all of Olympia as a whole deals with a lot of growing up and the pains of it. Um, I'm 25. The band has been around since I was 19. And in that, no one tells you growing up that everything just, I don't know. I don't know if anyone could tell a kid how much life will change in your 20s. Just on a daily basis, things are just always changing. What job you have, where you live, all the the vast amount of options you have, getting married, finding the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And so um, I don't like change when it's not on my terms. That sounds super egotistical. I get that. Not a bit. That is just something that I I struggle with, you know, change that's not on my terms. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, You know, and so I had, like I said, in, in If I Could Stay, friends move, you know, people dying, getting big boy jobs, losing big boy jobs, having to go on tour with my band, uh, discord within the band. Um, There's so much life happening. Um, And so Rebuild was really just this idea of we were all kind of feeling like the world was crumbling around us and we were kind of just in the epicenter of it and that imagery. And I, I think a lot in movies. And so like, you know, big Steven Spielberg moment everything's on fire crumbling and you're just kind of standing on this you know like island in the middle of it as things are happening around you so that imagery of you know say you'll stay when the ruins are all that remain you know like you're you're kind of in this post-apocalyptic um scenario i just envisioned my wife standing right next to me and her just grabbing my hand and just that that solidarity of you know what like we're gonna we're going to go on. We're going to live. We're going to enjoy. We're going to experience. And so that was that was a lot of what that song was birthed out of. It's almost a very movie score-esque vibe to it. You going to start scoring movies now? I actually, funny story, I have before. I've scored short films before. And that that's something that I would love to get more into. So, yeah, I've done kind of done that off and on for the last, probably 10 years doing stuff for TV and film and commercial and stuff like that and all that good stuff. I guess I've been going on and on about Olympia, but your Mm. first release from Medic, the Grace and Gravity EP, that's super as well. Was that more or less like a a testing ground for Medic for the sound? 100%. So the way that we started is we were really inspired by Radiohead. Mm -hmm. Anything from over the pond. So Radiohead, Coldplay, U2 were our influences. But we didn't know how to accomplish that really well. Um, I'm a recording engineer by trade. And we would get into the studio and we just had these really amazing ideas and we'd finish a song and it felt like, you know, four really good ideas put together and called a song. It wasn't actually a song. So we have a really good friend. His name is Michael Rossback and he was down in Colorado Springs at the time. And he produces for um, artists like Gunger um, and a ton of others that are escaping me right now. And so we kind of went down to him and had him help us arrange and craft the songs a lot, produce us, and kind of help us find find out what we were going for. So Grace and Gravity is 100% kind of an experiment for us to be like, is this working? <laughs> Should we be a band? And, and it, it turned out great. Well, I guess between Grace and Gravity had some changes with the band, too, because you went from being a four-piece to the three-piece now. Has that made any changes for you as a band? Um, a little bit. 
Um, so Miller Harvo was the guitarist for the band. I think it's only been about a month that he's not been a part of the band, maybe a little longer. So he left right before the release of Olympia. So he was actually very involved in it and, and, and still a part of it. But the writing process on this record was very different than Grace and Gravity in the sense where Grace and Gravity didn't have any like big hooks or riffs, really, I guess. Um, and so this record was a lot of fun to make because we actually, usually when you record a record, you do, you know, an acoustic or piano vocal track of the song to the click. You do drums, you do bass, you do guitars, you do keys, vocals, background vocals. This record, we went very different with it, and I wanted it to be very cinematic to where the song was built around all the melodic things happening. So we did, you know, keys, guitar, vocals first and then we went back and we did drums and then bass was actually typically the last thing to go on this record's very different in the sense where it's a lot of soundscape very cinematic very a lot of strings a lot of a lot of all that stuff so the changes in the band haven't super affected it it's we have a a, a friend of ours that's kind of coming on board and, and helping us make it happen with the four piece but not really any huge changes between the records. So really, your recordings are really quite an involved process. Mm -hmm. But here, I guess, with you being the songwriter for Manic, I've heard that you also handle worship duties at your church. Wouldn't that have been an easier route to follow, recording worship tunes? Um, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, we're all very involved in our church here in town, and our studio is actually inside the church. Um, they let us just make noise all the time. Um, <laughs> but we actually do write praise and worship tunes. Our our, our church has a, a band, more or less, called Water Music, Water Without the E, so W-A-T-R, Water Music. So we've been making praise and worship music kind of under that name, and you're going to hear a lot of the medic influence in it. And it's not really anything that our church is, you know, pursuing to become, you know, the next Bethel or Jesus Culture or Hillsong United. If that happens, whatever. But um, writing worship music is not kind of what I, I would consider what I do as worship music. You know, it's me talking to God, um, wrestling with my doubts, wrestling with my fears. Sometimes, you know, joy and hope come out of that as well, you know. So the way that the worship stuff works is I believe in writing with community for community. Um, so as where Medic is very personal and a lot, all of the lyrics are written by me. Um, the worship tunes on that side are written by, you know, five, six, seven people, the worship leaders at our church, including myself, you know, diving into what our church is going through, what's going on in our community, what's going on in our in our city, and what do we believe God's doing with it, and kind of coming from that perspective. And I like it because there's not a lot of ego in that. You know, when a song gets done, I don't know whose idea was what when we get up to lead it on a Sunday morning. So... I don't know. I really just like that approach. But as far as medic, um, we, we love being honest. We love being able to say whatever we want. And then when it comes to the worship stuff, I love being able to get together with a, a group of people and talking about what the Lord's doing in our lives. Well, here, this is going for a complete change of pace now. One of the listeners to The Antidote, who is also from Colorado, heard about this interview coming up, and he had a question for you. Yeah, he great. He wanted to hear more about what drove the relatively intensive keyboard influence on the new album. 
Wow, that's a great question. Um, it's not a cool answer, but I think we are just bored of guitars. <laughs> There's um, the honest truth. Yeah, well, and it's not a bad thing. Like, we're obviously, like, everybody in our band plays guitar very well. Um, but guitar is such an immediate thing where you just plug in and you just kind of start strumming away and you can make a song sound massive and huge. And I think our challenge was um, we wanted to pull guitars back for the intent of maybe being a bit more cinematic and ambient on the record. And live, the guitars are huge. So live, it's such a different, even larger experience because I think we intentionally pulled back so we would be able to create a whole different dynamic live with the guitars. Okay, so heading back to the Olympia album, something I found coming through is this real sense of hopefulness on each of the songs. Is that just a coincidence? No, not at all. Not at all, not at all. Um, I think that would be probably our main platform as a band is hope. Um, in fact, all of the members have a matching tattoo that says hope. And it's not something that we're really, you know, posting on social media every day that people need to be hopeful. I don't think, I think people can just sense things a lot. You know, it's not like Jesus had to go around and do a big marketing campaign for what he was doing. He just did it. He was just that guy that people wanted to be around. And so in our music, in the way that we are towards people, I want to be that band that inspires people and lets them know that it's okay sometimes. It's okay to not be okay. <laughs> and tomorrow's another day. And so I don't really know what it is about us either. I think we never, we never make a, a decision in the music to be like, oh, this sounds more hopeful than this or this, you know, we should go this route. It's just, no, we write music and hope is something that, I think we definitely believe in. So I think it just naturally comes out. That brings up another point then. Okay, as an artist, how do you cross that line between what's simply ordinary and something that's really outstanding? Time. Um, if you would have heard the music I was writing at 15 years old, it would have you would have thought it was absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was great at the time. And the music I was writing at 17, I thought it was great. The music I thought I was writing at 19 was really great. And the music, you know, Grace and Gravity, I thought was really great. And Grace and Gravity is great. But even I can look back on it and be like, huh, <laughs> that's adorable, you know? <laughs> and and I, I think it's just time, you know? Um, investing into your craft, investing into yourself as a person. I, I love to play music. I love to read a lot of books. I love to listen to podcasts. I love to listen to sermons. I love to... I love to talk to people that don't believe what I believe. I love, like, I love to just be immersed in life, um, and so I, I think just with time, you grow and you learn and you change. And what you believed last year, you don't believe anymore. And what music you thought was the best in the world, you don't necessarily <laughs> listen to anymore. And you just roll with it, man. Okay, you were talking about that time and growth aspect. How about the growth of medic? The band's been relatively local over the years in Colorado. What's the future going to hold? I mean, we've been we've been touring around for probably the last five years or so, um, and the the goal is to increase our tour schedule to probably about a hundred dates a year. Is is kind of what we've been talking about, and we're a very family oriented band. We're still very independent, and that's wonderful. We prefer it that way. Um, we're all married and our wives are very involved in what goes on behind the scenes and design and merch and 
logistics and all that stuff. And so kind of as a family, that's where we're moving to is about 100 days on the road a year. Um, and we don't know if that's going to be in this next year or the year after, but that's aggressively kind of what we're moving towards. In talking about design, I've got to ask about the cover art for Olympia. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely perfect. It's dead on. And not wanting to rave about that part of it. Maybe you could describe it and explain how it came about. Okay. Um, I think it is incredible, beautiful, amazing storytelling artwork. I don't like art that's too obvious. Um, I like people to be able to derive meaning from it. I saw that picture as is, nothing different, on Instagram from a photographer that I follow. His name is Steve Stanton. And I saw that picture and I I freaked out. I was like, I have to have that. I have to have it. And so I emailed him and was just like, how much for that picture? He was absolutely amazing. Gave us a great deal on on the photo. Um, and we just kept it as is. We we really did nothing to it. We didn't do anything to it. He just sent us the photo, and we've had that photo sitting there for probably like two years. Wow. Um, and, and just waited till the album was done. <laughs> <laughs> so while the songs evolved, the cover art's ready to go. Yep, yep. And so that was great imagery for us as we continued to make the record. It It feels very cold and ethereal and... I don't know. Something about it feels big. And so I think it inspired the music to be that way. Well, of course, everybody's got to go online. They got to get your album. They got to see that cover art. How do they do it? Um, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. It's on there, of course. We're getting ready to get our online store up and running. So maybe it's just being raised by an old rock and roll dad. But I still love having the like the physical copy love reading the liner notes of stuff like i i just got a copy of switchfoot's new record in the mail signed and everything and i love like reading the liner notes and the credits and who worked on what like that's my favorite part so we have all that stuff and i I believe we're actually going to get vinyl on this record because it's just so pretty but we are medic.com for everything like that is where where we're going to have it Something new I've added to the antidote is having our guests choose one of their songs to finish the night. Okay. Okay, Aaron, you're medic. You pick Holy it. Holy cow. Um, um, my favorite song on the record, and I think will probably be the most overlooked, it's not necessarily a single, and I think it's a great song, is uh, Electric Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one I would choose. Aaron, thanks to Medic, and thanks to you for coming and meeting with us, man. This has been a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us, Dave. That was so much fun.